It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder. Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. This is a Herd at Sports podcast. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast for all podcast updates and more. All right, listeners, we are combining two episodes into one this week. We are doing our Purdue recap as well as our Michigan State preview because tomorrow night is Halloween. Tyler, you got big plans for Halloween tomorrow? Nah, hopefully lots of trick-or-treaters here in Ashland. We've got about 500 pieces of candy, so come on out to Ashland and uh, have yourself a time. How much of that candy are you going to eat, actually? I will tell you guys, every year for Halloween, I have had more and more candy, and we always have to turn our lights off. Last year, we had almost 400 pieces, and we ran out. This year, we went up to about 500, so we're hoping to get through it. So what kind of person are you? Do you handle it like... Do you let the kids grab the candy or do you give them the candy? So 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 we are a full size candy bar household. So full can- are you s- Holy crap, would you spend 500 bucks on candy? That's none of your damn business, Justin. Holy shit, Tyler. Wow. Okay. This uh, episode will drop tomorrow morning, which is the morning of Halloween, anybody that's listening, head to Ashland. Hey, throw out your address out there so everybody can go get some large candy bars. That is I mean, crazy. Yeah, Go big, go home. Oh, God. Derek, what about you? Are, you? are you handing out Tootsie Rolls? Are you that guy? I don't hand anything out. I used to buy candy, and nobody ever came, so I ended up eating all the candy myself. Uh, I think that was by design. You never turned on your porch light. (laughs) Let's be real. No, I used to turn my porch light on. I never got anything, so I just quit doing it. Either you guys, are you guys dressing up for Halloween? Tyler, it sounds like you might as well, right? If you're investing that much. I I will not be dressing up. uh, But but we have speakers in our our front yard, so we'll play some uh, scary music and uh, have them blaring. And yeah, it'll be a good time. Awesome. All right, guys, it is our Purdue recap here. Uh, We'll start with the Purdue recap, then we'll get into the Michigan State preview, and then finally games of the week against the spread. But what a win by the Cornhuskers on Saturday. 31-14 victory as uh, uh, Matt Rule, he kind of put it, you know, he's talking about close losses. would you rather have close losses or ugly 31 to 14 wins? 
Who cares? It was an ugly 31-14 win. Take that over a close loss any day. Uh, Tyler, what were your overall thoughts of this game? I mean, I think there's a lot of reason to say this was our best performance of the year. And I know we're going to talk about some of the good, bad, and ugly here soon, but pound for pound, best performance of the year. Best performance in a half a decade by Nebraska, probably. I mean, you. I mean, there, there's probably been a couple games. You go back to the 2021 Northwestern. I think it was 2019 Maryland. Just a couple games. You're like that was a just complete dominant against a Power Five team. And yeah, very short list of best performances, which is probably a sad thing to say, but we've seen in a while. <laughs> uh, Derek, your thoughts. Well, I don't think I'd quite compare them to those games, uh, but, the, but it was a pretty dominant win. I mostly it was good, right? Like I'm not usually going to complain about a 31 to 14 victory. Like that's pretty good, especially against a Big Ten team. I, look, guys, we're, we're not at a spot where we can worry about style points right now. It's about winning games, and as long as we're doing that, people need to be happy about it. Shit, I would argue that there were a lot of style points into this. I didn't think there was a shot that Nebraska would get to 31 points. And I get that they had a special teams touchdown in there. 24 offensive points plus a uh, an awesome field goal block return from uh, Quentin Newsom, who got the high five from t- from Tommy Hill. But uh, hey, 31 what'd you guys, points? What would you guys think of the high five? I thought it was funny. But I was like, come on, man. Don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. But no, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I, I, thought it, I thought it was great, but it was the most uncoordinated high five I think I've ever seen in my life. Well, you try to run 20 miles an hour <laughs> and try to high five somebody, okay? It would have been bad if he had tripped. Oh, that, that would have been Nebraska football for you. That, only, <laughs> that would have happened under Scott Frost only. Uh, all right. Good, bad, and ugly. So we're going to break this game down that, as that. So there's a lot of good, so let's get into the good. Derek, give us one good. All right. So, oh, man, it's tough to do, but I'll just go with the offense scoring 24 points. Like, that was good. It wasn't as, as pretty as people would have liked, but they scored 24 points. So I'm I'm gonna use that one as my first good. Okay. Uh, Tanner, thoughts on the offense? I mean, yeah, I think I I really thought from the especially in the first half, I thought Satterfield really called a really good game. Uh, you know, he stretched the game, the ball a little bit with those little swing, uh, drag routes that really put him out there. Kind of these RPOs. It was a little wrinkle that we hadn't seen. Uh, the option looked pretty effective at times. Uh, you know, off the bat, uh, Harburg played really, really well throwing the ball. Um, so, I mean, I thought, yeah, I mean, I, again, I didn't think we would have uh, tw- 24 points is about where I thought we'd end up, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a little shocked that's where Derek went, but yeah, I mean, that, there, that was, that was <laughs> well, a, I, I, a, a fine part of the game. Well, remember, I only thought we were scoring 10 points in this game. So hey, that's true. That's so, true. So Derek had the score last week, ten to nine, and he had he had Purdue score nine points after ridiculing their kicking game. The field goal because I thought they were going to miss an extra point. Yeah, 
I know. I never said they were kicking three field goals. That's true. That's true. That's no bullshit. Tyler, give us a good on this game. Well, I, I'm going to go special teams here, and I'm going to point to Tristan Alvano. So in the game, Tristan Alvano had the opportunity to kick a 55-yard field goal. Probably not the decision I would have made. I think that was a questionable decision in the game, but the result was a thing of beauty. I mean, he went up there, made it look like he could have made it from 62. I mean, he had plenty of leg on it right down the middle. And while, again, I don't agree with the decision necessarily, I thought it was a weird decision with his kicking flaws this year, what that could do for him the rest of the year was a risk that may pay dividends. So, I, I mean, we've been critical of him at times on this podcast. So, of all the things I got to start with, I got to give him a good. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, a guy that we've been highly critical about, there was a point this year where we thought maybe just putting him on the bench would be better for him. Uh, shoot, what do we know? The staff, they rode with him and... We saw him. I mean, this might be the turning point for Tristan Alvano moving forward, but what a freaking kick. So good good on him. Second longest kick in Nebraska history. Isn't that insane? We've had a lot of field goal kickers. This is a true freshman. Holy Alex goodness. Henry is 57-yarder yeah. in Colorado. Was the longest one. Well, that, and that's this, what is the second, this is the second longest kick in history. Well, and that's, that's amazing. Why the decision was kind of suspect because you don't, unless you have to kick a fifty-plus yard field goal, you usually don't willingly go try those in games. Like, hey, you you need a field goal late in the game, right before half, something like that. You'll do it, but you know, generally speaking, you're like the risk is just not worth the reward with the field position you'd give up. And again, though, but the 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 dividends that will pay in his confidence right now because. It's a it's a momentum right now, and he he's riding it for back to back long kicks in two consecutive games. I think it was forty seven against Northwestern, and then a fifty five. I mean, he's definitely got to be feeling it. I want to throw out a good to uh, running back Emmett Johnson. Emmett Johnson, what a game by him! Seventy six yards. He had a long touchdown. You know, over the history of this podcast, we like to talk about. Uh, players whose stock is rising and players whose stock is falling. Emmett Johnson is one of many guys on this team whose stock is rising. I mean, this is a guy starting the year. I mean, he was fourth on the depth chart. And there was a point where we didn't even think he was going to see the field. Well, injuries happened. He unseated Anthony Grant due to reasons, you know, maybe due to Anthony Grant himself. But he has, he has taken this opportunity, and he's completely ran with it, pardon the pun. Uh, he is a legit dude, and he keeps growing, and he keeps on getting better and better each week. I'm really looking forward to the final four games with Emmett Johnson. I mean, this guy is truly a star. He can do everything out of that backfield. I mean, he is, he oh, is I- not just a... You know, one-trick pony. I mean, he, he can do it all out of the running backfield. True star. Absolutely. And I don't know what your guys' favorite play from him was, but mine was when he uh, – it, it didn't end up working out totally great for us because it was third down, he was running the ball, and he didn't get the first down. But he lowered his shoulder and just laid that defensive end out. Yeah. And it was funny because the announcer's like, oh, what a hit. 
whoever the defensive end's name was, he just laid wood. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) That dude just flew back three yards. Who laid the wood here? Because, I mean, Emmett Johnson laid him He's not a big dude either. No. That was an amazing run. I mean, the touchdown run was incredible, but, I mean, nobody touched him. And so that was awesome, too. But, man, to watch him lower his shoulder and just drop that guy like that was, oh, if that don't get your blood pumping, I don't Uh, know what will. Yep. You might want to check into the morgue if that one don't get your blood pumping. Derek, give us another good. Uh, can we just go defense as a whole? I mean, <laughs> oh, absolutely. That, that defense was just stellar. I this defense continues to improve. First time since 2012 that we've given up less than 100 yards passing and less than 100 yards rushing, and we only give up 99 yards rushing and 96 or 96 rushing and 99 passing. And and to top that off, that on that on the passing, we only gave up three yards per attempt and five point eight yards per catch. That's that's pretty good. So I mean, they didn't have anything that was going downfield. Now, I will also say this: Purdue's receivers helped us out a little bit. There were they had a lot of drop balls, but this defense played lights out. Well, and Derek, I mean, you, I mean, I think when we were going into this game, I. I don't remember what your score prediction was, Justin, but I thought Purdue was going to be able to move the ball well in between the 20s. I really thought this is going to be a game where I I didn't think they were going to score a lot of points because I thought we would hunker down, they'd miss some kicks, all those things. But I thought, man, they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit better than we've seen Northwestern and Illinois. And boy, was I wrong because this defense, I mean, what was this the game of the season? I mean, we, we maybe missed a couple sacks that we could have gotten, but still eight tackles for loss. We were in the backfield all day against them. Uh, multiple third downs and shorts. We come up with big stops. Guys were flying uh, all over the field. It was a great show, which to my... Three, ta- three takeaways. Which is a, is a segue to my last good. Tommy freaking Hill. Hey, takeover. Takeover Tommy. I mean... This is a guy two years ago. Talk about another guy that or maybe take, been, over, take away Tommy Hill. <laughs> th- this is a guy a couple years ago. You know, he came to Nebraska. I think we were all relatively high on him. I may have been a little bit higher, but I mean, but year one, you know, he played a lot. Didn't really wow anyone. We all saw the athletic ability, and right now he is playing with confidence. I mean, he realizes. Hey, I'm probably faster than every wide receiver I go against. I can make up play. I can go for the ball. I can play aggressive because I am that athlete. And he is. I mean, he's making up plays when he needs to go in close speed. He jumps routes better than any guy we've had on this team in secondary in years. I mean, he is jumping routes actively. Even if he doesn't always get the interception, he's always there. Turned it around. Uh, you know, Justin doesn't like to think guys can get any better from year one to year two. He always writes guys off if they have a bad first year. And he was wrong on Tommy Hill because he's oh, playing great ball. And this dude keeps getting better and better every game this year. I mean, from where he is today, from where he started off the year, it's it's exponentially better. I mean, yeah. every game I, I, he I, surprises us with his athletic ability, the plays that he's making. He is a stud. Another one that that's that's just really blowing me away is Isaac Gifford. Yeah, like that dude's all over the field making plays. This like, might have been just... his best game of his career, oh. right? 
Man, he, he God, just he's played, played a lot out. of great games, but my goodness. He has. But what, one, one more stat for, that, for this defense I just found phenomenal. We only gave up 10 first downs in this whole game. That was pretty damn good. Well, and, and the shame of the matter is that they got credited for giving up 14 points. Yes. And we're going to get there in a second, but that, that's the shame of the matter. Hey, I want to throw out one more good before we get to the bad and the ugly. And we'd be remiss if we did not talk about this offensive line. This was a uh, a bandaged up offensive line. Three new starters uh, out there with uh, uh, Prohaska, Justin Jenkins, uh, and help me out here. Uh, Lutovsky. Lutovsky, yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, all three of those guys, there was little to no drop-off from that offensive line. I mean... They played amazing. I thought there was going to be a lot of a drop-off. There wasn't it, any. It still wasn't great. It wasn't but great. It, but you're right. But you're right. It, well, there was no drop-off. Yeah. And so I, I was impressed by... Uh, and Matt Rule came out today and said that two of those sacks, two of the three sacks, he places on Harburg himself for holding on the ball too long. Right. Which I agree with him. I 100% agree with that assessment. All right. With that, let's go to the bad... Derek. All right, so I'm, I'm going to get really nitpicky here. And Tyler kind of brought this up already. But I'm going to say the lack of sacks was kind of bad. Against a team that was giving up almost two and a half sacks a game, and we only came away with one. Now, again, I'm being nitpicky because his defense played so damn good. But I, I think you guys, you just got to get more consistent with, with sacks in some of these games. They put like, pressure riding, on them. They did. They did. But we're riding high off two games that we got two like we got eight sacks in. We've had a lot of games where we just kind of go to sleep when it comes to trying to get sacks. Oh, you said we're getting pressure and that's great. But I think at point there's points where it's like okay, you got to get them down. You can't let them wiggle away. And he and and Hudson Card credit to him. He did that a lot in this game. Tyler, well. I, I agree with you, Derek. I think that finishing the play, especially with this offense, I think is really key as the season. We have four games left. You know, we, the defenses we will be playing from here on out, I think get a little bit better each week. Um, you know, I think Michigan State's going to be a little bit tougher test on defense than Purdue was. Maryland will be a little bit tougher than Michigan State was. Wisconsin will be tougher than Maryland and then Iowa at the end. We're, we're going to need the plays we can get them, and taking the quarterback down is a big one. So I agree with you there, Derek. But my bad is going to be the punt return game. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. This this could have been ugly. Um, I mean, I didn't think I would say it, but we miss Billy Kemp. Hell, we miss Oliver Martin back there. Like, just someone that's going to come up and ca- fair catch the ball and not let it drop and bounce 20 yards. Like, it is... Can- not can we good. just change that? Can we just change that to return game period? Well, yeah, that's fair too. That's fair. That's fair well, too. We, we had two. We had two fumbles on two returns. Yeah, that, that's fair. One was a muff punt, and one just a straight up fumble. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I again, yeah, yeah. Like like the revision return game. Uh, lots of work to do there. Ed Foley's got his work cut out. Cut out because that that punt return in particular has been lacking all year. All right, so. I will get to my bad, and that's got to be Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims comes in, plays a few plays. What does he do? He fumbles the ball on a fourth and one. Scoop and score by Purdue. Uh, 
It was a game changer. It could have been a game changer. We didn't allow it. But uh, you could feel momentum shifting because Purdue had just scored. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of Husker fans on social media. There's been a lot of talk on Husker talk shows that, you know, Harburg has not been performing very well thus far. And a lot of people thought that Jeff Sims deserves a chance to play. We've even talked that, hey, maybe we need to have like a two quarterback system, you know, put him in for a couple series to see what happens. Guys, I mean, I, I, I don't know what is up with Jeff Sims. Is it in his head? Does he have the yips? But this guy should not see the field in a Husker uniform again. This is this was another bad display of his being a quarterback. I mean, it, every time he gets on the field, things don't. It doesn't go well. I mean, it's it's well. It it wasn't even just the fumble. Like the fumble was the worst part of it. But I mean, he had a play where. He went to go hand the ball off, and I don't know if he yeah. turned the wrong way or the running back did. went the wrong way. But, I mean, it just the, the offense is just inept with him in. It just it really is. And I feel bad for the guy because I do like Jeff Sims, but he's just too prone to turn the ball over, and it just the offense just doesn't seem to click with him. I know everybody not, wants Not to that it clicks to. great with Henrik Harburg, but. I know everybody wants to point to how great of a teammate he is, how great he is on the sideline rooting for Harburg and the guys. And that's perfectly fine. But it just seems like he's not preparing quite well for actual Saturdays. And we don't have a, you know, this is the third game that we've really seen him. He came in one game when uh, Harburg's helmet came off. Nothing really happened there. But this is the third yeah, but wasn't, game. Wasn't, wasn't that a broken play too? Yeah, yeah. That was a broken play. But was it him or was it running back? I mean, I, Whatever. I, Again, the the offense just doesn't click with him, and I not, and I'm not trying to make it sound like the offense offense clicks with Henrik Harburg, but it just really doesn't click with him at all. Tyler, should Jeff Sims see the field? Because I know that you are in a circle with a lot of people that love Jeff Sims and think he deserves a lot of playing time. Yeah, I mean, I I've definitely heard a lot of it. I, I've heard a lot of, and not just my circles, but uh, different people on Twitter. I mean, I think they're having a hard time defending and putting him back in the game. I don't know if he'll get another shot or not. I think you're in a position right now where there is no doubt in my head that the quarterback is the weakest part of this this team. It's just it's the weakest room in this there. I don't know how much longer Harbor's got. It seems like he is breaking down. So does that give Jeff Sims another shot? I mean, I hope he's ready if he does. I would love to see a redemption story. Uh it would be hard. It is, I am no longer advocating for a two-quarterback system. I think I'm to the point now where you just got to gotta start running the running backs more, take the pressure off Harburg and kind of save his body a little bit. But you, you can't take Harburg out of the game. Uh, I mean, and if you do, then it's a really good debate, him or Purdy. I think we're at that, we're at that position right now. Uh, is there any other bad that we need to get to? Nope, let's get yeah. into ugly. Ugly. Derek. No, let's let's let's. I got one more bad. Do you? Okay. Yeah. How about the offense only score? How only having two hundred seventy-seven total yards, and only three point two yards per carry on 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 the rushing. I mean, that's bad against a bad defense. Yeah, I thought he said the offense was good. The scoring was good. 
<laughs> the moving the ball wasn't so much. We had we, we had three we had three or four really good long plays, explosive plays that helped us a lot. But other than that, we didn't move the ball well. So we're, we we are going to get into a reason that maybe just maybe uh, we didn't get a two hundred seventy seven yard or more than two hundred seventy seven yards, and that's the ugly. Tyler, what's the ugly? Oh, the fumbles! Oh, the freaking fumbles! I mean. It, it is amazing that we have the record that we do, that we beat a Big Ten team by you know 17 points with five turnovers. Like four. Four turnovers, five four turnovers, five fumbles. Have a, amazing. We should have lost that game. If we if you turn the ball over four times. With five balls on the ground, you probably lose that game more often than not. Um, now, our defense helped out a lot. They got their own turnovers. They made their own plays. That's why we and we didn't. But, I mean, th- this is I, – I don't know how you fix it at this juncture. My bold prediction was that we were going to play turnover-free on offense. And, and behind the scenes, I, I messaged the guys. I'm like, hey, hey, special team just doesn't count, right? Like <laughs> – well, it didn't really matter because Harburg fumbled twice and then Jeff Sims fumbled. I mean, I don't know what you need to do to fix this. Uh, we will lose a game if we don't fix this immediately. There, there, there's we, been no signs that we've been able to fix it yep. thus far. It, it, it seems to be getting worse. It seems to be getting worse right now. We're eight games in and, and it's still bad. And the, one of Jeff, uh, one of uh, Henrik Harburg's fumbles, I don't know what he's supposed to do. He had both hands on the ball and it still got ripped out. Grip it tighter. I mean, and the problem is, unless you're Anthony Grant, no one else gets benched for it. So I get it, but I don't know. And I don't have any other uglies. Like, the, the fumbles are... That's the only ugly. It's an issue. Yeah. And it's a really bad ugly. It's it a is. really bad ugly. It's just we have, ugly. We have now lost 11 fumbles on the season. We're, we're uh, running into, what was what year was it, 2000 when we had like 42 fumbles on the 99. season? 99. 1999. I thought it was 2000. Okay, 99. 49 fumbles uh, and lost 25 of them. Like, we're getting to that stage. Like, it's it's getting bad. Well, Matt Rule already already said that we are last in Division I with, uh, or FBS, in most fumbles and most lost fumbles. I mean... Nobody's ever going to say is like, "Are you sure, Coach? Does that sound right?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's right. That is, there's no doubt in there. Uh, but Derek, was there any point in this game because it was a 31-24, or I'm sorry, 31-14 win? Nebraska was up 21 to zero at one point. Was there any point during this game that you were actually worried? Uh yeah, the very beginning. <laughs> Yeah, when we, when we fumbled the ball and then they got the ball back and then we muffed that punt, I'm like, oh my god! When Garrett Snodgrass decided yeah. to uh, it, like, hey, I, I, I thought I, I I thought it was going to turn into an ugly game really fast. Defense, but they bowed up, man. Yeah. Uh, as far as far as them scoring the 14 points, I mean, there was a part of me, I guess, I was like, oh man, here we go again, because we were up 24 to 14 at that point. And there were still eight minutes left, and I'm like, "Man, I don't, <laughs> I'm not loving this." 
But luckily, Grant ended up with that great run to score this touchdown, and we shut everything down after that, and everything went back Nebraska's way. So, Tyler, you kind of alluded to this. Was this Nebraska's best performance of the year? I, I, I just think with what the defense did, the fact that we put up 24 points along with it, um, the emergence of Emmett Johnson, the, the, the two really good plays on special teams. Yeah, I, I think pound for pound, you know, not, not a lot of options to choose from. But, yeah, I think this is clearly the best performance of the year. Derek, we are on a three-game winning streak here. What would you say is the turning point to get us to where we are today? Well, I'm, I'm going to be pretty specific here. I, I really think the turning point was in that Illinois game with the, with the stop on the, on the goal line. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that is right there was where I think that defense gained all the confidence in the world. They knew they could stop everybody. Yeah. And, they, and they've done it pretty much since then. That's a good point there. Tyler? Yeah, I love that pick, Derek. I thought about that one myself. But I'm going to go back uh, a little bit earlier in a game that I was in attendance to in Colorado. You're like, Colorado, where was the turning point there? The moment that Jeff Sims got knocked out of the game and Harburg came in and <laughs> drove down the field and scored the touchdown. Because, guys, I think that's the difference. I, I think if Jeff Sims doesn't get hurt in that game, I think the coaches roll him out. And then he probably beats Northern Illinois and he probably gets through Louisiana Tech. But you know what? It doesn't go up from there. And I just don't think he he's not the guy. And Harburg may not be the guy long term, but he is clearly an upgrade. So while you never wish injury upon anyone, but the, the ability to get Harburg in the game, giving him a chance to see what he can do, I think it was the turning point in this season. God, Harburg, Harburg took some shots in this game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, he took a freaking lick. I, I can't. I don't even. I don't remember who hit him. That linebacker that blew him up. That was such a bad play by him. That was such a bad play. Like, I mean, you throw that away, or like he just was not. He didn't see him. He completely He's forgot there was a guy running a right at. I mean, the fact year, that he didn't. But that was by far. Well, it was completely unprotected. He wasn't dropping his shoulder to make contact. He didn't initiate it. I, again, I worry how he's going to hold up. I, I, I hope he gets through the finish line. I really do, but I I have doubts. All right. Well, he is going to get another shot this uh, weekend uh, at Michigan State here. Uh, going on the road, 11 a.m. game. Michigan State. Six straight losses. They're two and six overall, and zero and five in the Big Ten. Nebraska, right now, they are three point favorites. And Tyler, I know you hate this, but Nebraska's playing some Iowa football here. The over under on this game is a very low, low, low thirty four point five. So this this is going to be a fun game. I'm actually shocked that it's only uh, Nebraska minus three. But we'll talk about that later. Derek, give us some key stats in this game. Oh, all right. This is gonna be a tough. This is where I think the game could be tough. Nebraska's uh, so they're twenty fifth in the nation rushing, but we all know that as the games have gone on, we've gotten a little bit worse at rushing the ball. It seems like, and this is probably one of the best rushing defenses we'll have faced. 
Uh, Michigan State only gives up 126 yards, or 42nd in the country in rush defense. Um, another one's going to be sacks. I, they they get a lot of sacks. They don't give up a lot of sacks. Our defense is known to get some sacks, but again, this is a team that only gives up one and a half sacks a game. So, can we can we find a way to keep pressure on these quarterbacks? Uh, and then turnovers. <laughs> we've we've talked about turnovers ad nauseum here, but. Michigan State has turned the ball over uh, the same amount of times that Nebraska has. Both teams have turned the ball over 19 times so far this year. That's a lot. I mean, I mean, Michigan State has gotten 12 takeaways to Nebraska's 10. So their, their turnover differential is at minus 7 and Nebraska's minus 9. But, again, they're they're not good at the turnovers either. So this this may very well be a game where you need to find a way to hold on to the ball. And weather forecast is calling for 60% chance of rain and 20 mile an hour winds. So what kind of temperatures are we looking at? Cause I did not do my due diligence and check the weather report because it is Monday night. We're like damn near a week away. What's, what's the weather look like? Uh, Upper forties, okay, to low low fifties by the end of the game. Okay, so it's not it's not going to be truly cold. It's not going to be terribly cold, but if it's rainy, still gives you a little issues. Okay. Now maybe the rain holds off, but I, it was supposed to rain last weekend. I don't think it really rained at all during the games. So. so maybe Nebraska just puts the uh, ball on the ground just three times this game. Okay. Maybe. All right, Tyler. Any uh, key stats stats stand out to you? Well, I mean. I would kind of point to where Michigan State struggles on offense is running the ball. While Nate Carter is third in the Big Ten in rushing yards, they are second to last overall as a team of rushing yards. Yeah, so, isn't that crazy? So you have one of the mo- more prolific running backs who could definitely beat you, but the team as a whole, if he's not going, they don't go. So let me ask you this, time. I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but is Jalen Berger hurt? He's only played in five games, and he hasn't rushed a ton of times. I, and he was, a, he was a big transfer out of Wisconsin that everybody thought was going to be the guy. Yeah. So I don't know if he just completely got unseated and don't get many carries, or if he got hurt. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with him. So I don't know that I, answer I know if, either. That's a great I, question. I, I, mean, yeah, he, I, I didn't know if maybe... Tyler usually kind of knows these answers. He, he, I, I, I don't know the answer if he's hurt or just... Uh, Scratch, what I can tell you is he didn't carry the ball against uh, Minnesota last week. Uh, going back prior to that against Michigan, uh, you know, he didn't he, – he had one carry for three yards. I mean, not making much of a name for himself. So I, I don't know what the deal is there, but that that is a really good point because he was a guy that everyone kind of counted on being a driver there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting situation with this Michigan State team. Um, what they're going to do, how they're going to look. Um, yeah. So what would you say are the keys to victory for Michigan State, Tyler? Well, I think what I mean, there, there's a few ways I can go. I, th- I think the first thing I would point to is who are they going to play at quarterback? Because last week, freshman Sam Levitt came in the game, late in the game, end up going 8 for 12, passing for 73 yards and 52 yards rushing. Led the team in rushing last week. That he's the third quarterback of the season. 
Um, I, I was kind of doing my homework reading some of the local Michigan State papers, and they're clamoring for this guy. Uh, the Eyes on Big podcast talked about him. They think he's looked as good as anyone. I, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But to me, I would point to the first major key after that would be like Michigan State's at home, 11 a.m. kickoff. Teams that go on the road with those early kickoffs have a tendency of struggling right out the gates. It's kind of one of those things in football that you don't like to be the road team in that situation. It's easy to come out flat. So I think it's just about Michigan State coming out with a little bit more energy in Nebraska, um, really doing what they can do to get a lead on us uh, and forcing us to come from behind. But yeah, that that's where I would point to that because even though they've struggled in passing defense, second to last in the Big Ten, Nebraska's not really looking to exploit them. So I think the key to the game is them getting off to an early lead. Derek? Uh, so I, I just kind of want to go back to your quarterback situation there because they are saying it's a quarterback uh, battle right now. Uh, Noah Kim was a starter for the first five games, I believe it was. And, I mean, his touchdown interception ratio was 6-6. Six and six. So, I mean, he, hadn't, he wasn't lighting the world on fire. Uh, I kind of think he's getting the Jeff Sims treatment a little bit. Like, I think he got a little dinged up, and they're just like, well, he's got to be 100% to come back. But I'm wondering. I'm, I'm wondering what's going on with him. I guess. But uh, yeah, that Caton Hauser. He he's throwing two interceptions and two touchdowns. And that Sam Levitt you talked about. He also. I mean, he he did have a good game, but he had two interceptions last week too. Uh, as far as keys to the game, look. It, this is the key to the game, probably for every team at this point. It, it's going to be stop the run. Load the box up, stop the run. See if you can force Henrik Harburg or the running backs to to drop the ball a few times. Try to win the turnover battle. Yeah, I, I mean that's going to be your key. Like, it's it's a very suspect offense that you can take advantage of, and you need to be able to do that if you want to win this game. Yeah, I mean I think that's their huge advantage right there is if they do win the turnover battle. I mean, outside of when Nebraska played Purdue, I mean, that's got to be an outlier, right? I mean, losing the turnover margin that bad and still winning the game. Well, we only lost turnover margin minus one. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That, that That is true. And, and unfortunately, it Nebraska's like won a lot, a lot of games. Worse, right? It felt a lot worse. But Nebraska's had a lot of games where they're minus one and they're still winning. Yeah. That's but, true. but that trend can't continue. Yeah, but I mean, capitalizing on the turnovers—that's what they need to do. Uh, but it, this is—it's going to be—it's going to be tough. It is going to be very tough. Uh, but outside of those few things that we just mentioned, I don't see a lot of advantages that Michigan State has over Nebraska in this game. I mean, it is—it really seems like Nebraska is better than three-point favorites in this game, or should be better than three-point favorites. Can can I give you something else that makes me nervous about Michigan State? So yeah. Michigan State, like, I know their record. Their record is their record. But let me just break down a couple of their games to you. Against Iowa, going into the fourth quarter, up 16-13. to 13. Against Rutgers, up 24-6 to 6 heading into the fourth. And then last week against Minnesota, only down four heading into the fourth. Michigan State has been in these games and found a way to lose. 
The problem is Nebraska has not been a fourth quarter team. This year against Power 5 opponents, we've only outscored our opponent in the fourth quarter one time. So Nebraska is, and we've we've heard Matt Rule talk about Harburg seems to break down. Like, Michigan State seems to be playing in these games, playing them tight, and just getting beat down at the end. Well, Nebraska hasn't shown a tendency of doing that. And so I just, I worry a little bit like, hey, if this is a game, who's going to break? Is Nebraska going to finally score? Or is Michigan State going to hold the team? And, and I think that's an interesting thing because the record's awful. The stats aren't good. I mean, on paper, this might be the worst team we played in Power 5 this year. But they've been in the sim games. They, they have competed deep. And again, I talked about that earlier. You get the slow start on the road, 11 a.m., riding high, a team that you're supposed to beat. I, I just, it, there's a lot of things that scare me about this game. But, uh, but it also has to make you aware that we're there at mentally, right? Right. I mean, like they, no, they could fold. Like no one, they could fold. I mean, they could very easily. And I, I don't know. I, six straight losses, you have to wonder where they're at. I just, they're all the coaches are looking for new jobs right now. They all know they're gone after the season. Yeah. And so they play Ohio State. After Nebraska, they play at Ohio State, at Indiana and home at Penn State. I mean, I don't know. There's there's no chance. There's no that, chance that they have that, a bowl game, right? No, no. chance. But that, that uh, Penn State game's not even at home. That's in Detroit. Yeah, you're right. So this is actually senior night for them. So there's another thing maybe to be slightly worried about. I mean, players' last games are going to want to come out and show something. All right, keys to victory for Nebraska, Tyler. I mean, don't turn the damn ball over. Just don't turn the ball over. If you can manage one turnover, you get one turnover. Jeffrey the Greek has said this on their spot. You get one turnover this week, guys. Just find a way not to turn it over. You will be fine. You will win this game. I I agree. I to, to me, this is... Hold on to the ball, don't fumble, and let the D do let the defense do what they do. Like defense will take this game over if you let them, but you can't put them in absolute miserable spots every time. Because their kicker can make some field goals. Like this isn't Purdue where you're going to block a field goal and end up taking it in for a touchdown. You can't rely on that. You can't rely on a defensive touchdown, which we haven't gotten this year, but. Maybe it'll come soon. Derek, what do you expect out of Heinrich Harburg in this game? <sighs> I, 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 <laughs> I keep expecting him to get better. And, and, and look, last week I thought he played a lot better until the fumbles came. His passing looked better. And if he can keep making some of these deep passes to some of these very speedy freshman receivers... Uh, then I, I think he'll be fine. He, he's got he's got to start either going down or getting out of bounds. Tyler alluded to this earlier. He's got to start being smarter, not taking so many hits. Uh, passing the ball, I expect him to get a little bit better, but I, I, I he's not going to run the ball like everyone's like everyone thinks he can because everybody's putting a spy on him. Everybody everybody's figured it out like. 
this guy can run, so let's not let him run. I mean, he, he may still get 30, 40, 50 yards rushing, but when you have one guy, his, all, his only job is to make sure you don't take off running. It makes it a little more difficult. Tyler, we saw some of these uh, young wide receivers get active in the game, like uh, Jalen Lloyd, Jaden Doss. Uh, Jalen Lloyd, I mean, I can't believe we didn't mention that on the good uh, in the post-Purdue uh, recap. 73-yard touchdown. What a, I mean, that dude got behind him. What do you expect on these young wide receivers in this game? Well, I think last week, you know, you know, obviously Lloyd made a play. I mean, last week, they, they, they it was good experience for them. They, they still haven't completely showed out the way you need them to. Uh, their secondary is for the right, right for the taking, though. I mean, this is a game where you can get some matchups that you like. Um, you know, it is supposed to be maybe a little wet, as Derek pointed out, but hopefully the wind's not too bad and you can get a little bit going in the passing game. I mean, I, I'm hoping you start to see something out of them because we need them down the stretch. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd probably say, like, I'm a C in confidence, C minus. Like, I'm not not fully confident on them yet, but I'm not, like, really? decisive that on them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what did, I mean, Jalen Lloyd, I mean, obviously he ran fast. He ran fast on that play, and it was Jaden Doss did too. He had he had that drop, but he had his guy beat. Yeah, there. I have no between those three. I have no doubts about their athletic ability. Our ability to get them the ball and them to make the right play. Can can they run a fifteen, you know, foot crossing route over the middle? Can they run an out pass and make someone miss? But like, yeah, if it's a deep ball, I have no doubt they can get behind guys. Well, I, I think Harburg has proven that he can get the ball to him in those deep passes. He's done it the last two games. I mean, it's not like we're taking a ton of deep shots. But he's completed two of them, one to Malachi Coleman, one to Jalen Lloyd. And, and, and Jane Doss should have caught that ball. And, and it's probably another six points right there, right off the bat. Because he did have his guy beat. I, what, what I will say is if there's a team that you can start start getting some confidence passing the ball it will be against this team their pass efficiencies uh not, not great not 99th in the country like they're just they're not an efficient defense for passing so this is a team i think you can exploit a little bit and get maybe gain some confidence especially with these young wide receivers all right uh is there any other uh, keys to victory or mismatches that you want to point out? Then let's get into bold predictions. Derek, your bold prediction. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you really want to call this truly bold, but I think the offense scores over 20 points the second game in a row, which is something they haven't done very often. So I think they're going to, I think they're going to do it a second game in a row. My goodness. I mean, this, this is uh this is a bold prediction that Vegas would have at like minus one ten. I mean, this is this is the weakest ass bold prediction. Maybe you don't understand the term bold. Come on. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to predict him to score thirty. That would be bold. All right, Tyler. Janarian Bonner finds his way into the end zone. Ooh, that is very specific. I, I think that the between either a fullback or having him at a little 
little pass maybe out of the backfield. I, I think we do. I think I, I'm hoping the coaches have learned that, that the eye formation is a little bit more of what they need to run in this system right now. I think just handing the ball off the running backs, save Harburg a little bit. Because I think in the back of their heads, they felt like if Harburg goes down, we have Jeff Sims. We can always put him back. And I, I got to think they got to be a little bit more concerned. I did have a backup one, but that the running backs this week would finally get over 35 cut, touches. Because I, I'm combined. Tired. Yeah, combined. Obviously. Yeah, combined. I don't think Johnson's gonna get thirty five. But yeah, I mean I I but Bonner for the touchdown. Make it up for Derek's. Alright. So uh I'm I'm rolling with uh takeaway Tommy Hill. I think uh he gets another interception in this game. He's had three in the three interceptions the last two games. I think he's gonna add to that. He's gonna have at least one in this game that dude is just turning out to be such a stud so give him another interception Derek how do you think this game is going to play out well if it's rainy I I anticipate another sloppy game it's just how Nebraska wins in these days is sloppy games I I think that between the two teams you're probably going to see probably four or five turnovers again uh, ultimately, I just think our defense is too much for what Michigan State's offense is. Tyler? I'm scared shitless, guys. Really? I, this, this is a game that going into the season I thought we were going to lose. This is a game into the bye week I thought we were going to lose. The fact that it's an early kickoff, the fact that Michigan State could, has not shown that they're ready to die yet. They have not rolled over and quit uh, you know, and that that I just I think on the road, Nebraska's defense has been playing a little bit out of their chops. I I'm terrified. I so how this game's gonna go? I think it's gonna be a really competitive game. Uh, it's I think it's gonna be a one possession game. I think it's gonna be a tight game. Uh, outside of the Colorado game, what what uh, what road game has the defense been on their chops? Like, I I I, I think they played the, great against Minnesota. They played great against Illinois. I think the fact that our defense has been playing so well and Omar Brown's out, possibly out, concussion protocol. I think that's a big loss. Singleton still doesn't seem quite back yet. I just, I don't know. I'm just, I. they found something with their quarterback. I just think they could maybe get, I'm not, guys, I'm not thinking that Michigan State's going to score 40 on us. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to get blasted like Colorado, but I, I just think that, hey, could, are we going to be able to do enough to hold them under 20? I, I don't know. Call me a homer. I mean, I haven't been called a homer in years. I promise you. But I think this game right here sets up nicely for Nebraska. I know it's on the road. I know it's at Michigan State, 11 a.m. kickoff. And maybe I'm taking too much into the offensive performance last week against Purdue. But this defense... This defense keeps getting stronger and stronger. They are some true playmakers. I think offensively, it seems like maybe we found our groove a little bit. And uh, M- Emmett Johnson, that dude, he's a playmaker. These young guys at, uh, at wide receiver, Jalen Lloyd, Jaden Doss, Malachi Coleman. I mean, these guys are going to be the future They've had enough game experience. I think they can go on the road, and I think they're going to make some huge plays. 
Guys, I don't know if this game is going to be close in the first half. I think Nebraska is going to come out kicking some ass. I think they're going to exert their dominance in this game. Uh, Nebraska is going to that's, look good. That scares me even more that Justin's that positive. Hey, I, I am. I, I think this I, is probably the easiest, the easiest bet on Nebraska this year. Justin, I'll, I'll do you one. I'll, I'll do. I'll do a do-over on the bold prediction since you don't like my bold prediction. Tristan Alvano kicks another fifty-plus yard field goal in this game. Love it, love it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Score predictions. Uh, Derek, I got Nebraska winning twenty-four to ten. Twenty-four ten. Nice. Okay. That's not say that's a good win. That's a good win. Tyler. This is a game that I'm gonna to predict today, and I know the Kool-Aid will fix it by Saturday, but I think the Huskers are in for a bad Saturday. I think we're I think we're gonna get a little shell shocked here against a team that we should beat. I think Nebraska loses. Oh, you're I, off the fucking Cuzcast. I, I got Michigan State winning twenty six, Nebraska twenty. 26 20 safety MSU. nebraska i think we, we 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 screw up a punt return get buried get a safety i think we're gonna give up a defensive touchdown or we're gonna have like a pick six i think that i i just i or fumble six i think it's gonna be just be a bad game lots of bad juju i have a feeling i hope you guys are right i can't I, express how much i hate you right now tyler i can't express how much i, I really want to boo him right now i do too Oh my god! I, I hope nobody comes to your house for takes that candy. Yeah, I don't know it's, it's, it's full size candy bars. I mean, I might drive up for that. Uh, t- t- I'm I gotta very, be honest. I gotta shocked. be honest. I have to. That's how I feel today. Please, so please feel- tell me. Please tell me where you think that Michigan State is that much better than Nebraska. Please. I don't think they're that much better. I don't. I think we beat them five out of six times. I just have a fear that this is the one out of six. Bad. I just okay. it's Halloween. There's there's black cats going around. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, talk to me in November. I might feel better in November. This game is gonna be in. Well, it's not November today. Shit. It's gonna hey, be in November. Ju- just just another thing that was brought to my attention. So Nebraska was undefeated in October for the first time since two thousand one. Yeah. And you know what? It's not November, October anymore. New new calendar, new rules. We are bowl eligible after. Hey, this. I hey. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Again, I I am predicting. Here's my here's my not so bold prediction. Talk to me on Friday. I will be back to convince Nebraska is going to win. Just I'm a little nervous right now. I'm a little nervous. It's, it's too late. All of our listeners will know by then that you're a fucking cop out. Okay, All Justin. Right. For eight years, I've heard you pick against Nebraska. That's because they had Scott Frost as coach. Who? What do you got? What's your score prediction? 31-10. I mean, I'm telling you, I think Nebraska is going to absolutely roll in this game. I think you're going to see these young wide receivers kick ass. You're going to see Emmett Johnson go. Uh, I hope they don't see do too much with Heinrich Harburg. Just let that man heal. Let him manage the offense and let his playmakers do play. Uh, play. I thought Heinrich Harburg played... He, I thought he threw the ball, threw the ball quite well at times last Saturday. I think he's going to build off of that. 
all eleven for, times for the them. Group. But there was care. a point. There was a point where he was six for nine. I mean, that looked that looked really good. He had a he, Unfor- he had unfortunately a long ball to Jaden Doss that he dropped. That would have been a touchdown. And, and that was a beautiful pass. Oh, yeah. I mean, he put it right in his hands. Like, that was and and the, and the seventy three yard touchdown was about as perfect a pass you could throw. I, I, I I'm with you, Justin. Best I'm bet of the week. You. Best bet of the week. All right. Oh God. Justin thinks it's the best bet. Let's get into why that's not a good sign for the Huskers. What are the standings, Justin? So we're we're moving on to the games of the week, ATS. Hey, look, full disclosure, I follow Nebraska a hell of a lot more than I do the teams that we do games of the week, ATS, okay? So uh, this, is, this is sad, guys. Last week, we all were uh, under 500. Me and Derek, we were two and three. Tyler, you were a lowly one and four. And this is after a weekend last week where we were all over five hundred. So I think we agreed too much last week. Yeah, and Justin, well, you thought that was a good thing, which again makes makes me nervous. Makes us nervous. All right, so games of the week uh, against the spread: number twenty-five, Kansas State at number seven, Texas. Texas is four and a half point favorites. Derek. All right. Being at Texas, I Kansas State's playing pretty decent ball. I just I don't think they can quite hang with with Texas. I think Texas is too good. I think Texas covers here. Tyler. Well, I, I think K State's on a roll. I mean, look at their last two victories. Forty one to three and forty one nothing. One of those teams was against Houston. Texas barely escaped Houston. I like Kansas State to cover this game. This was a tough game. This is a very tough game to pick. Ultimately, I think Texas is a better team. Uh, actually, I've given them the the benefit of the doubt because it's at home. Uh, I think this is a close game, but I think Texas wins by uh, at least a touchdown. Uh, number five, Washington, three and a half point favorites at number 24, USC. Derek. I, I, I gotta go Washington here. I, USC probably should have got beat last week against Cal. They seem to be on a downward trend. Washington just continues to do what they're doing. I know they struggled a little bit against Arizona last week. They probably gave up a little too much points to Stanford, but they just continue to win. They, they're doing it in. Pretty good fashion. And USC just keeps struggling. I, I think Washington finds a way to win this by at least more than three and a half. So I, it'll be a close game, but I, I still think they win. Tyler? I I think I'm going to go with USC cover in this game. I think that they're – I actually like them for the roundout upset. Caleb Williams has not quite been the Caleb Williams that a lot of people expected. I think this is a big game for him, the biggest opponent he has left on the schedule. I think this is his swan song, whatever you want to say. I think puts it back in the Heisman race. I, I think they come out and play and actually get the upset. Get the upset, really. Okay, so USC, they have been shitting the bed against the spread like for a long, long time. I'm, I can't shoot. Uh, I, I'm not going to be able to find it right here. But they are not very good against the spread. Washington, I think Washington's a better pick. But 
Uh, even Washington at minus three and a half. You know what line that I really like is the over. The over on this game is 76. I think USC does not have a defense. Both of these are some really good offenses. Washington's got an okay defense, but 76 points. Holy crap. If USC allows 49 points to uh, California, there's no doubt in my mind that Washington can score 40-plus, right? Uh, so, anyway, I think Washington's a far superior team. I'm taking Washington here. Number 13, LSU at number 8, Alabama. Alabama's three-and-a-half-point favorites, Derek. All right, maybe, maybe this is more wish list than anything, but LSU scored a lot of points. Alabama's got a great def- or good defense. It's not the Alabama. It's not your dad's Alabama, you know? I think I think LSU can not only cover the spread but possibly upset Alabama in this game. Okay, I can see that, Tyler. We are now into games that I absolutely don't know how to pick. This is probably the toughest games of the week we've had all year, with the exception of K State Texas. Like everyone has been really tough for me, but this game is right up there with the toughest. I I just when I'm this close, I just know better to pick against Saban. I feel like Alabama's been finding a way to win these games. Three and a half points. Man, if it was four and a half, that bumps up there. I might flip on the other side. But at that three and a hook, I just I think that Alabama could find a way to cover that and win at home. So I'm going to go Bama. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, I'm not impressed by this Alabama team by no means. Uh, but I cannot go against Nick Saban at home against a team like LSU. This team is going to be ready for LSU. This is they're not going to be snuck up on in this game. They are going to be ready and I'm going full board Alabama. All right, moving to the Big 10 for the last two games, Illinois at Minnesota. Minnesota's two and a half point two and a half point favorites, Derek. All right, so I think Minnesota's found something. They're got. They're in a groove. They're playing well. I, they beat Iowa that, in however you could talk about. And then last week they really just dominated uh, Michigan State. Tyler, Tyler, you shrug your shoulders. They beat them twenty-seven to twelve. If I mean, it's still. It may have taken until fourth quarter to do it, but they still dominated. It didn't just take to the fourth quarter. It took to like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was a one-possession game. Okay. I, Definition of the domination, I guess. I mean, they beat him by more. They beat him by two scores. I was not exactly a close game. Uh, I, I, I do. I think. I think Minnesota's found a groove. Illinois, they're playing better, but they just they can't get out of their own way. I think Minnesota covers this. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Minnesota covers, but just bet reiterate until four minutes and eleven seconds, it was a five point game. I mean, it was it took two turnovers on the last two possessions of Michigan State. Michigan State pissed that game down their throats. I, I don't think they dominated. With that said, I, I don't know where Illinois' head's at anymore. I I think Minnesota is a good defense. I think they can stifle what Illinois has. I just this is a bad look for Illinois right now. I, I'm gonna go Minnesota uh with no confidence at all. Just, just to be fair, I'll be rooting for Illinois in this game. 100%. Time. We all will. All right. So all of us are going Minnesota here. 
Yeah, I, I like Minnesota. I just can't trust Illinois. I cannot trust. I, I know that they have the uh, – I mean, they, they can be a good team. I just don't trust them week in, week out. Minnesota, they're mildly consistent, a little bit more mildly consistent. Ultimately, I'm just going to give it to P.J. Fleck being at home. And, yeah, I would not bet this at all. But uh, for this, taking Minnesota. Our last game of the week against the spread is Iowa minus 5.5 at Northwestern. Very interesting. Tyler, I'm going to go to you uh, first on this one because Iowa has some news today. Wow. I mean, the big news out of Iowa is at the end of the season, the the fear of all of Husker Nation is coming true, that Brian Ferentz will no longer be their offensive coordinator. I, I mean, I don't have the slightest clue what this means for Iowa the next few games, uh, and I certainly don't really know how that's going to play into this game. I just want to actually more double down and let maybe you guys react to Brian Ferentz. That out of principle, I hate that we're picking this game. There is a reason they put this game on Peacock. No one in America should be forced to watch this game. This is going to be bad football. I mean, you have one team who offensive coordinator is so ashamed of what he's doing. He's resigning a little bit chung in cheek, but I, I just, I think it's gonna be a bad game. I have, and I have honest to God, no idea. Like five and a half points. I think I was a decent amount better than Northwestern. But that seems like a lot of points on a 30-point over-under. That's like half the points we're going to see. So are we predicting like a 7 nothing game? Is that is that what we're going to see? It's going to be trash. I mean, I would say watch the highlights, but there won't be any highlights. It's going to be bad football. I'm going to go Iowa because I just think Northwestern, even though they looked impressive against Maryland, they looked decent against us, I just think Iowa's going to come out a little bit fired up and play good defensively and I, I guess I'm gonna go Iowa in this game but I would rather pick the Jackson or James Madison game Tyler I do realize that you just knocked Iowa Northwestern game being on Peacock but you do realize that they announced that Nebraska and Maryland will be on Peacock next week right I will be in attendance so I don't know what you're talking about so ah okay okay uh Derek Iowa minus five and a half at Northwestern. Upset, upset special of the week. Oh, Northwestern shit. wins this game. I'll tell you what. Northwestern's won all their home games outside of Penn State. And, per, and Iowa is no Penn State. I, I, think, I think Northwestern could find a way to upset these guys at home. That'd be, that'd be fantastic for Nebraska if your goal is to win the Big Ten, right? Sure. So, for me, I think uh, that Iowa, I, th- I think that they are going to get it done. I expect, and maybe this is very naive of me, but I expect that the offense like takes off and they get like a little slight little bump this week based off of the news on Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz isn't going to be there anymore after this year. I suspect that those players are going to be energized and want to get it done and show their coach that they can score. So I don't think so. I think, I think the players are happy. He's not going to be maybe, maybe shit. Like maybe we could score if we didn't have this asshole here. Yeah, maybe, but, uh, I'm taking Iowa 
over uh, minus five and a half. I, I think that they they can beat Northwestern. I know it's at Northwestern, but uh, shoot, thirty the over under is thirty one points in this game. That is insane, insane. And I would still bet the under. Would you? Yeah, I, I like the over for only for the reason that I just gave. I think the offense is going to have a little spark, maybe in just this game. Don't trust me. I'm like freaking 15 and 28 <laughs> against the spread this year. <laughs> uh, guys, any other thoughts uh, headed into Michigan State week? Petrified. I'm petrified, guys. Nebraska is bull eligible after this week. I said it once, and I'm going to say it again. Save it for right. Tyler. Save it for Tyler. Bull eligible. It ain't the over, first it, time since 2016. Hey, I'm just saying, next week when we get back on this, we will record again next week on Sunday. Don't overreact. If I'm right, which I hope I'm not, I won't say I told you so. I want to tell you guys to be scared. You guys are having way too much Way For a team that fumbles the ball every other possession, you have way too much confidence in the Huskers right now. And it pains me to say that. pains me to say that. When Justin has confidence in the Huskers, that's never a good sign for us. Derek, you know this. It happens once every decade. And you know what? Lo- I was positive since the day I was born in 1978 all the way until 2016. So we started doing this. Yeah, maybe 2017. 2017. <laughs> Had a good run. All right, uh, guys. Hey, uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor, Ru- Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.